This week, we're bringing you the top trends we saw at the April 2021 Las Vegas market. This was our first trip back to markets and it was long overdue. We're sharing what we liked, what we didn't, and what we were surprised by. We even invited some fellow hotties to share their favorite finds. Let's go. Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers, turned internet friends, turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Hi, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? trying to get that energy up post-market yeah it's like a hangover when you get back but not even a vegas hangover just doing a lot of stuff like mentally overwhelmed sort of hangover Uh, yeah for real because we it's not like we partied late (laughs) we were in bed early i don't think i stayed up past 10 one single night I think I did because I was doing some work for clients, but I was just on my laptop doing my thing. So we're not the party animal Vegas type. We aren't hot and young enough to do that anymore. Nope. (laughs) Opposite of that. Yeah. (laughs) But there were plenty of people having a great time doing that. And every day you could look at some people just look like it was really wearing on them to be a mark. Yeah, I just don't get how people can sustain the level of energy needed to physically walk around and take in everything you need to take in gets mentally exhausting and like take notes and talk to vendors and yeah i get really mentally overtaxed i think just from taking in the inspiration being kind of on talking to vendors even just being with another person all day like we did great but (laughs) we're not used to it I want to be a good travel buddy, but you have to think about someone else the whole time and be like, do we need a water break? Do we need a bathroom break? Should we sit down for a few minutes? It's like being at Disneyland, but also having to work while at Disneyland. Super overstimulated. Yes. (laughs) We had some drinks. Don't get us wrong. But like, it was really like to add like a major dehydration moment on it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And the lack of snacks. That was a... Like, y'all, if you're planning market, I don't know how long it's going to go like this, but we were so used to there being food in the showrooms and that wasn't there this time. Like there were random snacks here and there. Honestly, the food is my fizzle. (laughs) The issues with the hotel and market, Uh, it was like just a non-starter based on all the things we were just talking about. Job one is to keep our physical energy at a decent baseline. Yes, totally. And to add to that, The fact that this was Vegas, I think, made it worse because it's literally a whole economy built around guest service. Right. And they were missing big pieces of keep everybody fed, watered, and caffeinated. So my whole complaint is Vegas does not have coffee makers in their hotel rooms, really. Because they want you to go spend somewhere else. But then you do that. It's probably an agreement they have with Starbucks. So that's all good and fine. If they're fucking open. And that was really annoying. Starbucks was not open after Sunday in our hotel, which is a giant hotel. 
And apparently we weren't the only ones. Other people reported similar situations in their hotels. That would set my days up because it was a strategic operation to get food and coffee before 10 a.m. And you and I are both... It shouldn't have been that hard. We both like being able to get up and immediately have our coffee. Have yes. coffee while getting ready would be the ideal. But if I'm in Vegas, okay, I can get ready quickly. And then I need coffee, like pour it, pour it in my mouth as I'm going down the elevator. Oh, yeah. And then market, no showrooms really had food. So you had to go out to the center courtyard where they had three food trucks for thousands of hungry bitches. And we were among those hungry bitches. I almost <laughs> really lost it. You you almost Sean had a little my red zone. Yeah. You can tell food and caffeine are very important to us. So I, we are definitely taking a different lens on that. If you're thinking about market, we we know from our guest survey some of you are planning the summer Vegas market, or you're already planning High Point coming up. If you're listening and you're thinking about those. Start figuring out your food situation or at least build up your tolerance. Yeah, I'm going to write some letters. Okay, my sizzle was I redid my own website like a year ago. Mm -hmm. I rebranded, I got a new theme for my WordPress site, and I definitely know enough to get into trouble with these things. Totally. So I was able to do it, pulled it off, it looked okay. But under the hood, it was little, little duct tape here and there that didn't really make sense anymore. So <laughs> I hired... Extra organs, like... Yeah, weird stuff. So I hired a web team to help me with maintenance. And he was like, your theme is whacked and it's in the way of a lot of things and causing some issues. So we worked with it for a while, but finally I'm just like, what is it going to take? Can you just build me a clean site? I want it to look pretty much exactly the same. And I want to start being able to add it in this plugin software called Elementor. So anyway, he got it all set up and it's done. I'm glad you have people to help you do it, honestly. Yeah, and I'm glad I did it because I was starting to get so annoyed with the whole site that I wasn't wanting to do anything because it was just <laughs> hard, you know? So now everything works. Everything makes sense. I can edit everything myself and that's done. Oh my God. That's a relief. Praise be. Yeah. <laughs> under his eye <laughs> oh i miss okay. that show man when is that when is handmaid's tale coming back i know i talk about tv or movies a lot on here but really it's one of the ways i decompress a lot and that's not exactly a decompression show but i'm kind of actually glad it wasn't on last year because i think it would have really ramped up my anxiety oh yeah well actually sean had never watched it before so he and I did like a retrospective where I had watched all, but we watched it all last year. And yeah, last year leading up to election, all of that was a really intense year to watch it. But it it might have made a lot of people think differently. Like it might have been good if for they some had people watched to watch it? it. Yeah. So yeah. cautionary tale. My, yeah, the cautionary handmaid's tale. My okay. fizzle is I have a potential client we've had a discovery call and we had a few follow-up emails she is working with a large national builder on a new housing development here in southern california and she literally hates every design option that they offer so this is not a custom build you get like six choices of backsplash six floor tile options a carpet or a hardwood option you don't get a lot of choice Mm -hmm. And she really doesn't like any of it. And 
kind of have you seen her, the options yeah they're they're basic they're it's they're like builder, white subway tile they're like hashtag builder basic yeah if they have a, a nice quartz countertop couple options the cabinets are all kind of leaning a lot very traditional but like basic traditional so it's like these were cool 12 years ago already like what else like, you got not just like a shaker there's one shaker yeah but it's in a it's just in white, white. so mm. it's like been there done that and the client doesn't want that i honestly feel and i told her this in a second follow-up because the emails kept coming and i was like oh this is the therapist part of our job and i had the like little kind of like come to jesus chat which was where i feel that you are at is this level of disappointment and frustration that the builder doesn't have what you want and the combinations aren't wonderful but you told me this isn't your forever home. And so the way I see it, you have two options. You can make the best with what you've got, or you can pick the cheapest options they have to offer and remodel everything exactly the way you want it when you're done. And she already has told me remodeling is not the option. So basically I'm telling her, <laughs> you have to do the best with what you've got because you can't make sense of that investment level to remodel something that was just put in brand new. And they won't let her... They won't like, let her They won't hand over the finished keys without no. Yeah, every like some on there. custom home builders will really let you do that. Like, well, you want to bring in your own stair guy? Fine. You want to bring in your own flooring guy? Okay. And they usually like charge a little more because they're losing out on some of that revenue Sale, of yeah. product sales. But this builder and a lot of builders will not let you do that. So essentially what the designer in their showroom told them was we would recommend just putting carpet everywhere then because you're going to rip it out and do your own flooring. And then she was like, yeah, but I don't want to do my own flooring. But that's the option for a lot of builders is put the cheapest per square foot option, knowing that you're going to rip it out, which is so wasteful. And that's it's where this so homeowner wasteful. is stuck. She Why wants there she... to be a magic unicorn that will solve it. And I'm not that magic unicorn. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I can't, I can't save every situation. And so I, but what I does she just want said, there to be? Like, she wants you to, like, see past the basic think, materials and find some sort of magic combo? Yeah, yeah. Where we're at is there's sort of, like, a half-day rate that I I gave her. And I definitely padded in the pricing to make sure that I don't hate doing it. Because I don't really want to spend three hours to four hours at a design studio for a major home builder having make it work moments. And so I really gave a number that felt very fair for me. $900 felt like a fair number to give that up because it takes me away from my office, takes me away from projects that I actually like working on, but I want to be of service. So if I'm going to do that, this is the number to have me involved to help you see through the options and make you make the best of the situation. I said, that's a big investment for you just to get what's there, but you get my advice, you get my guidance, you get an objective perspective. And most builders will have something. But again, I can't promise you you're going to feel like this is your home when it's done because it has the same six options as every other house on the block. So why is she not open to any sort of renovation? Budget? They don't have the budget. By the time they pay for these materials and upgrades as part of the financing of the mortgage the extras just not there especially when it comes to furnishing 
So I did plant that seed. I'm like, maybe this is the investment level here. And we, we talk more about furnishing and maybe that's what makes you feel. Yeah. You can take it to the forever house, but you can have some beautiful stuff that helps complement and camouflage the things that you're not all in love with. And she was like, that might be where we need to be. In lighting, like switch out the backsplash, get better lighting. The floors can't be that terrible. No, again, it's like the most crowd pleasing. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, you know, we're playing the compromise game. Sean and I yeah. like to tell each other that compromise is when we're both equally unhappy. True. <laughs> yeah, we both get an equal amount of happiness, but mostly it's about I am equally as unhappy with this resolution. And I think that's where she is, is this isn't my forever home. These aren't my forever everything's. This is where I am now, and I'm disappointed with it. I don't love it. Well, let's get you to Have like it long to... enough that you can tolerate it. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> that's like, I feel like a fun challenge. Well, and I priced it accordingly to how much fun I would have. <laughs> right. Like, do you play the game, the Home Depot game? But is like, like, can you make it work? Or if you had to pick one light fixture... Which one would it be on this row? And maybe oh. it's not like the cool fixture row. Okay. And I feel like it would be a really fun interior designer game show. Where you like I have certain things that you have. Yeah, where you have to put something in your house and make it work. Or I don't want to bash Home Depot. No one would ever pick these. But if I have to, I'll make the best out of it. Yeah. You have to put th- three boob lights. Just kidding. Those Pick one of the least offensive boob <laughs> Anyway, so it's kind of playing that game. I think that's the fizzle of it is, damn, you're about to build this whole new house in Southern California and spend a lot, a whole lot of money on it. And it's still not what you want. But it's, guess what? Still cheaper to do that than to buy your dream house or buy another house and remodel it into your dream house. That's insane to me. That's fizzle worthy for sure. So I shouldn't feel bad for someone who's about to spend all that money. But also, it's a shame when they're about to spend money on something they don't love. I'm of the thought where I would just wait. But not every family has that choice. Yeah. So to balance not having choices with your family, Sean has been on me, not in a mean way, but as patient as he can possibly be, to finally clean up our garage on the sizzle side of things, we yeah. were able to get his his plug-in Prius back into the garage to its charging point for the first time since August of last year. <laughs> because when we started the fall one-room challenge last year, I had to unload everything from my office. It all had to go out there. And it's taken so long to either reinstall it back here or get stuff pared down to a point where you finally could get a car back in there. So we did it. We're like one of eight Californians who have a car in their garage. We're one of those eight, but we've also (laughs) had major delays with one room challenges, kicked our car out plenty of times for plenty of It usually becomes a, a workshop in the meantime. It's been bugging me for months. I feel a supreme sense of accomplishment. It's such a good feeling. Yeah. I feel lighter knowing that we parked the car in the garage. It's going to be so nice to have that for, I don't know how many weeks that'll last, but a few. That's a really good feeling. Let's talk about the market and the trends and the patterns and the stuff that we 
came, saw, conquered, hated, I don't, all of it? Yeah, last year when we met at market, and one of the things I remember us doing was walking around and trying to see through lines between showrooms and try to predict trends that were coming in with furniture. Totally. So it's easy to see the ones that are coming in. It's harder to notice the ones that are missing, like what's going out. But The masks were actually helpful to have our masks on because then I could like talk some trash about (laughs) some places where I'd be in a showroom and I'm like, I think our line became... I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that sort of had to do with people's hairdos sometimes. <laughs> there were some interesting styles going on. and But but the other stuff was like stuff in showrooms where you're like, I can't Whoa. sell this for the price that they're giving me for it. It definitely doesn't look like this price. If I were to try to tell a client mm. that this is a $900 chair... I'm going to struggle because of quality or things like that. But that's why you go to market. So the mask actually made it easier to do that because it's not like any reps could really pick up or see. Yeah. Or like they were trying to give everyone space also. So they weren't walking right up in your face. And unless you were engaging, they were trying to maintain some distancing, which was nice. So it made it easier to go. I don't need to go in this showroom or we don't have to go there. Right. (laughs) I agree. Overall market impressions. This was my fourth market in Vegas. Definitely wasn't as busy, which was kind of nice. Yeah. (laughs) I liked less people, more room. Like the reps we did talk to, like we had more time with them and that was great. We could get like 15 Uh, minutes or more with some of them if we wanted. Or they walk with us through the showroom. No appointment, no nothing. That was great. Yeah, that that was really great. I definitely had some good takeaways and some good inspiration. We'll be talking about some of those things. But there were some items that I felt like some showrooms didn't have a ton of new stuff, I feel like. Like they, perhaps, they phoned it in a little bit. Phoned it in or maybe had no inventory, even of samples. Supply chain and stock issues still continuing. And then, really annoyingly, a few were just no-shows. There were a few decent showroom, mm-hmm. showrooms we really wanted to see, and they have showrooms. They just weren't open. So... Yep. That was a a little bit of a miss, but I also didn't leave feeling like I lost out. There were still dozens of floors of other vendors. I like that Vegas is so convenient to us, and I don't want to only have to go back east. So, Right, yeah. Come on, vendors. Keep it alive. Come on. Let's do it. So something fun that we wanted to do, because we did run into a few friends, new friends, had a few listeners tap us on the shoulder, which was really fun. Yeah, I love that. We were weirdly kind of famous two or three times. I mean, hey, I'll take it. (laughs) It might have been that we were wearing like Hot Young Designers Club t-shirts, pins. Or our hats, like very like... Oh, wait, I recognize that person because they post pictures with that outfit. So yeah. upside of wearing an, an outfit that is shown up on Instagram photos is that listeners recognize us. I know. In reality, it's just masks. me saving money on wardrobe. 
and hair washing. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we would ask a few of them for some sound bites of what they were inspired by. Yeah, we got to just kind of touch base and get really unfiltered thoughts, which was fun because normally if we have guests on the show, it feels like a more formal experience and we've got to break into topics like this. But this was fun because we stopped in the hallways or tried to find a quiet corner, which is very hard. You guys will hear in some of the recordings, but we were able to get a couple of voice memos recorded from some of our fellow hotties. And I also like... And this is also just something to think about is that each designer, us included, and you included when you're going to market, you're looking through the lens of your clients, your design aesthetics. So we're all going to notice different things. And I feel like it was kind of evident in some of our answers of what our clients would be looking for and what our projects could. Yeah, we, we each could pick different things in the same showroom that we're drawn to. And everyone we're, we've talked to ha- was from the Western U.S. So I think that alone lends a little bit of a different perspective versus, like, say, a designer who works predominantly on the East Coast in a, a city like Boston or in Virginia. They may have noticed other design elements that we would have never been drawn to. So this is just our take on it. It doesn't mean that's all Vegas has to offer. So if you are considering a trip and haven't been, definitely know this is through the Hot Young Designers Club lens. And the three designers we talked to. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very official panel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's start. So we met Alexis Garrett while we were speaking with her and Jenny McDonald. Alexis Garrett Design, she is located in San Diego, California. And let's hear what she was inspired by. Let's do it. In all the different showrooms, whether it's furniture or lighting, I saw tons of caning, rattan, and rope, which are all super fun ways to bring natural textural elements into the home. I really loved seeing that and love incorporating that in my design. Some of my favorite showrooms, two of them, two vendors actually that I had never seen before and I really loved seeing. One was Kim Salamis. I'm sure I hopefully I'm saying that right. She had a line for Norwalk furniture and she had a beautiful selection of sofas, ottomans, and chairs. There was one chair in particular that was definitely a standout for me. It was an oak chair with woven webbing in the back and a beautiful linen cushion. The other two showrooms, or the other showrooms, excuse me, that I really liked was Pom Pom at Home. I loved all the beautiful linen and bedding. She just had such a beautiful collection of really high quality linen that I I definitely would want to use or will use. And, And then finally, my last little thing that was really fun that was definitely a standout for me was kind of random, but it was from a vendor called Kiss the Frog. They were showing off the most awesome weights for a gym. I know that sounds a little bit odd, but it I just love when you take something that's such a common thing, like a, a bell a barbell or something that's you know that you would work out in, and then you transform it by good design. One of the things that Alexis mentioned that I definitely noticed, and I don't know whether I'm still here for it or not, is the like 
caning, rattan, the rope. Okay, that's kind of a different, I could see that somewhere else. But I was definitely getting some Golden Girls energy from those materials. It wasn't just the materials themselves. It was also like how they were applied and, you know, mirrors wrapped in rattan. And it wasn't all like a bohemian bohemian atmosphere. Some of it definitely had a Golden Girls Miami. Like South Florida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, And I don't, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying... I don't know if I like all of that. <laughs> well, because it's cane with like blonde woods. Yeah. Not anything that's traditional or dark stains. I mean, there was that, but like what you're talking about. Yeah. It very went, was very that. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying no. I think it just depends on how you tailor a piece, but I did see that elsewhere in a lot of showrooms that caning is continuing, rattan is continuing, even like, bent bamboo framing around mirrors and i'm like oh that's where you might get me going off on that golden girls pathway and i i'm not sure if i love that but listeners might be hearing it and they're in love with that or if you're doing a beach house or your clients are in san diego like i'm thinking it would be a totally different right ad i did see a lot of rope too some really cool stuff in outdoor but also lighting i think there was a lot of accessories that had Rope details. Yes. And I did see a lot of that. There is something approachable about the rope details. It does sometimes feel a lot more coastal, but it does feel relaxed compared to some other hardwood types of finishes. So I liked seeing that. We both are fans of pom-pom at home, have them in our own homes, love Mm -hmm. them. I think we both stopped at that Norwalk showroom with Kim Salmella. Yes. And I saw the showroom come up on a lot of designers that I follow that were there. I feel like we all discovered. Yeah. Cause I don't think she had a showroom last year. No, they gave her like a shop and shop, but it was across the hall from the Norwalk furniture major showroom. And they did this little, I don't know. It was like, when I say little, it's still probably like 20 by 20. Like, but it was a small showroom compared to the main Norwalk or like right. any of the bigger ones. But yeah, it probably had like four or five little vignettes and really great. I could have used pieces from every stuff. single area in various projects. Some were a little traditional, some felt coastal, some felt mid-century. I just feel like there were a lot of amazing adaptable pieces and, you know, to vendors that are paying attention designer collaborations like that can help bring out some really new perspectives. And I had not looked at Norwalk before that, but I'm kind of stoked on some of their options. They're obviously not sponsoring this content. I think we were both surprised by what we saw. And yeah, they are really known for customization options and their big fabric line. And some of the great things in Kim's, Kim's collection were like the details that she added that aren't normally seen. That really great deep navy blue sofa had brass legs. Brass legs on it, yeah. And it was subtle and it wasn't the star of the show, but every little detail you would notice like, oh, definitely a designer. Like Turned oak legs and you're like, oh, that was, this was designed for this. It wasn't just like pop on a furniture leg. And so we will definitely link to to Kim's collection with Norwalk in the show notes. And we'll put a link for you all. You can follow Alexis. She's at Alexis Garrett with two R's and two T's, Alexis Garrett Design. We got to spend quite a bit of time with one of our previous guests, Megan Blau. 
You guys remember Megan. She's an OG hottie. (laughs) (laughs) We even got to have dinner with her. She's great. It was really fun hanging out with her and her assistant, Corey. And so, of course, we had to ask her what her perspective was after the show. Totally. Okay, I've seen a lot of French hems on upholstery, like beds and armchairs. And pillows and things like that a lot of upholstery i feel like we're like super modern lighting like everywhere's like super super clean lines with like a shinier finish i haven't seen as much like texture stuff as in years past like it's still there but not as much yeah not new stuff you know and let's see what else anything that's like been inspiring you especially I really liked leather pieces. Like there's a lot of leather wrapped lighting that I've seen in multiple places, which is cool. And the outdoor like rope. Oh yeah, rope furniture on the outdoor where they like wrap the rope around metal. Yes, like Sunset West had that. Yeah, we went and checked them out. Yeah, that's what I've been loving. Okay, just correction, I led her astray. (laughs) They're called French (laughs) seams. Not French hems. Not French hems okay. or knife plate. You'll know it. Just Google it. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. But it is a very like relaxed, you know, modest type of approach to upholstery where it has this little like flange mm-hmm. on the seams of details. And I don't want to say it feels unfinished. I think it's just that level of deconstruction that we're so used to like double, double seams on all upholstered goods and then to see them where they're just slightly deconstructed like that feels more relaxed. Yeah. Cause it's not know. a weld. Cause there's not, you know, the, exactly. Whatever. It's like the same fabric creating this French seam. And but I liked I did it. See it. I did. Yeah. We saw it in leather, like on leather accent chairs and sofas and beds. There were a lot of options with that. Mm-hmm. Good notice, Megan. And then, yeah, leather did come into a lot of accent pieces, for sure. Or, like, we saw leather inlaid desks, which is more of a vintage antique detail. But it was coming into modern pieces, which felt very I'm here for that. Yeah. And leather handles, I've seen more, I'm seeing more and more in hardware. I think people are just looking for a mix of materials now that everyone's on the general has been told it's okay mix materials mix finishes you can have different ones in the same room and i think that's creating some new ingenuity in the pieces that are being designed hey hotties have you ever listened to the show and wished you could ask us questions well we just opened up private coaching sessions now you can book one or two hour zoom sessions with rebecca and me Together, we bring over 40 years of experience in our combined professional backgrounds to help you with marketing, finance, and business strategy. We're here to guide you on anything from branding to systems to the emotional guidance that you need to run your business. Book today at hotyoungdesignersclub.com coaching or use the book now button on our Instagram. We can't wait to meet you. Yeah, and back to texture, I think. Texture overall is still happening everywhere. Boucle was really big last year. There were still plenty of boucle pieces, but it's that layering and not just fabric and shiny metal. It's mixing a bunch of different textures. Yeah, I my personal call is that boucle is done. Like it's been so saturated. <laughs> boucle yesterday. Boucle is so yesterday. I just feel like it's happened. 
unless it's a really high quality material, a lot of people, a lot of designers and clients are starting to see the downside is that like, yeah, a white boucle chair can nap. It can, it can like get tangled on Kill. itself, depending on how deep the, the fibers are, how long they are. But it also, if you're buying white furniture and it's not a performance fabric, some of them are really beautiful occasional chairs, but if you're using them often, they pick up the indigo from your jeans. They they pick up wear and tear patterns. So that's true of almost anything that's white. And a lot of the trend was white boucle. I think this year there was a lot of non-white boucle. So I think that maybe is like a little mini trend coming in. Seeing some like grays mm-hmm. um, or darker colors, which will wear a lot better than a white boucle. <laughs> it's cozy. Yeah. What about lighting? Lighting seemed really consistent. I agree with her that there were a lot of notable trends within lighting across mm-hmm. brands. Makes you wonder so, if they all get together to talk about yeah, like finishes like alabaster. or materials. Yes. Like alabaster was big last year and it like multiplied. Really took off. <laughs> yeah. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. We still love it. Especially because yeah. it's often applied in more modern silhouettes, as well as kind of crystal, I feel like, even in modern crystal, like spheres or like cut big oversized cut facets. Instead of the your grandmama's traditional crystal sh- chandelier, it was going right. for sleeker like shapes. Lamps. Mm-hmm. That was something that was there. I'm here for it because I do like some of that glam and elevation of materials, but how do we balance it in a space so it doesn't feel gaudy or precious or like too traditional if that's not your jam yeah and on the other side of the lighting trend tons of like really natural organic 70s pottery or little tile inlays there's a lot of 70s trends with lighting i felt like i did see that. i am i'm super <laughs> here for if rebecca wasn't already getting her vintage ones now she has yeah. a way to get if i matching wasn't dumpster sets. diving yeah <laughs> exactly now you don't just have to have one you really could have the double set because some of these i think there is that drive you're saying to the handmade look yeah. of 70s pottery had that hand thrown or ceramicist mm-hmm. and i like seeing vendors being able to recreate some of that because yeah it's so hard to just get that at a affordable price point for a beautiful set when it's vintage or antique but if i have replicatable options that are available through major lighting vendors then i can actually lean into selling these styles and making some more profit off of it yeah, and they come with the appropriate shade. Most vintage lamps don't come with shades or you can't and use good them. good wiring. Good wiring. <laughs> I feel like scale as well was really interesting in lighting. A lot of the 70s pieces that I'm talking about were oversized, which just, then they're really shapely and yeah. organic. And then at a really large scale. I noticed a few lighting vendors had... It seems like bottom heavy. I was calling them like apple bottom <laughs> lights. <laughs> where like where the, the two proportions are different. Yeah. Like very on purpose. It's meant to be off balance mm-hmm. somehow. It was an interesting this. way to play with scale and tension and yeah, in an unexpected way. I have some we'll have some links of what exactly Definitely. we're talking about. 
And you guys should follow Megan if you're not already. She's on Instagram at Blue Copper Design. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk to one more hottie while we were at the show. We met up with Ashley Osland, who's in Manhattan Beach, California, which is really close to me. Ashley is actually one of the few designers who has encouraged me from the very beginning of my career. And we ran into her last year at Market as well. She's part of like the OG Hot Young Designers Club before we even exist. She's our homie. (laughs) And she told it, she gave it to us real, real. We pulled her aside in one of the showrooms and got to get some thoughts from her too. Hey, Ashley, tell us what you've seen that's been inspiring you. Trends. Trends or inspiration? Uh, I guess either. And Trends, or. definitely curves. Mm-hmm. Curved sofas, curved arms, curved cushions, and a lot of fluting. And tambour, that's what it's called. A lot of fluting. I saw a fluted candle. I saw a fluted side table. Fluting everywhere. Fluting has been everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what is inspiring? I will say this. I'm inspired just by traveling again and like being around people and seeing people in outfits and seeing what they put together and seeing what people are looking at and love seeing Vegas and seeing the buildings and And feeling inspired in like the materials that are in these buildings that I'm in. Just something different. Change of scenery. Yeah, the Vegas casinos have been inspiring. Yes, all of our counters that we've been taking pictures of (laughs) and little details like that. Yeah, that's inspiring. You're inspiring. You're inspiring. No, you're inspiring. No, you. I love you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. All of this. All of this. Okay, so rounding radius corners or edges, it it felt like it was everywhere. I totally agree. Almost like everyone forgot how to make a 90 degree corner. (laughs) Curved. Curved sofas or barrel-backed chairs or rounded radius kind of a pill shape on a console. Like everything had that serpentine, soft, rounded effect. And the curved sofas repeatedly, many, many showrooms had them, which I think you would have to do custom up until now. I feel like they'd have been really hard to find. So this little C-shaped, just like a little sofa that you want to float in a room. It's not your... Netflix and chill spot, but it's your formal cocktail sofa floated in a room, looks beautiful from the back and the front. That was really fun. And some of them like, and there were even sectional types where you could serpentine them together and make Oh yeah, like have like sort of like Mm S-shaped sofas by pairing the pieces in different ways. I love that. I love when stuff doesn't have to be custom or vintage. It's now making really great classic sofa designs or chair designs accessible to more people. Yeah. I feel like Instagram fuels a lot of this. Don't you think that? And there's this in the book about joy. What's it called? Joyful. Joyful. Thank you. She taught one of the chapters. She talks about round being joyful to humans and the whole like psychology behind it. This by Ingrid Lee. She... Yeah, so she mentions that and I feel like maybe it's a push like a response this is something i was thinking about a lot is how trends kind of are started and why and maybe just like as a reaction to 2020 like we just need soft like we don't need more hard edges in our life right now and or... like playful like a serpentine mm-hmm. sofa is a playful shape or it's, it's unexpected friendly i get that i feel that 
non-confrontational. Yeah, how could you and be it's mad cozy, at it? And it's cozy, like a, like some of these barrel chairs. Like you get in them, they're like you're in the womb, you know, like they're like around you. Yeah, yeah, it's like a hug. I like that. Definitely inspiration from hotels, though. Oh man, we were obsessed. I think just because Vegas really does it, that you have to know. It, you, you and I both, I think, are in the same thought frame, same frame of thought when we feel the tackiness of Vegas a lot. Mm-hmm. But you have to look through those pieces sometimes and look at like the edge detail on a countertop at the bar or a special wood paneling detail that was added. I mean, we were snapping photos walking through lobbies of moments that I'm like, oh, that could translate really well to a residential project or that would be a cool inexpensive way to up that the park mgm is where we stayed we stayed at the nomad which is inside of it and they they just know what's up yeah and it's been recently refreshed so that helps because this isn't like it's been there 15 years years already right like the restaurants the bars which is attached to it we were climbing we were climbing barriers of closed restaurants to like snap photos of in lady <laughs> kills kidding. we really did thank you and... to those designers who didn't rat us out as they walked by and saw us <laughs> doing that like <laughs> like what are you oh we're taking pictures of this tile it's it like a completely empty made. restaurant that was had stanchions blocking it off no one was in there and we were like sneaking in so we could take pictures of it so i and then i think like that goes to what ashley was saying is just being inspired by some place that wasn't our home <laughs> right our own home that the we've been same stuck settings in. we've been in and and to just get out and around other people and you and i build off of pointing out things to each yeah. other that we wouldn't see if we went to showrooms by ourselves and i definitely think there's a lot of value in planning market with the designer buddy or having even if you guys are totally different perspectives yeah because it's really fun to deconstruct maybe what that the designer of a space you're in might have been inspired by that noodle restaurant that we were really inspired by a lot of the finished details and that tile Mm -hmm. we're like oh it reminds me of that japanese embroidery style yeah I find myself going back to these photos from market throughout the year to like refresh on stuff. I just reorganized mine so that I can do that more. Yeah. So a couple more takeaways from Ashley. Yeah. Ashley mentioned tambour. Definitely still that repetitive soft again with a round pattern. Mm -hmm. We definitely saw that popping up a lot in the showrooms, but also in the casinos. Part of it for me feels like a reaction to like shiplap, tongue and groove, traditional b-board. It's like, yeah, but let's do something different. That's still a wall treatment or a bar treatment or a cabinet treatment. Let's Panel not over saturate the same textures over and over and to pull these into our repertoire so we can use multiples of these. And tambour and the fluted wall details really... They, I don't know, they feel more luxe. They feel like an upgrade, but they can still feel approachable. And I think this is part of that is like get them into people's homes on a great piece of cabinetry or a console or something like that. So that way you can elevate those spaces one by one without feeling like, oh, I've got to spend you know $10,000 on white oak tambour paneling for my whole hallway or... 
Right, and they bring a lot of texture without it being super organic texture. If you don't want to have a rope detail or caning, this is another another way to bring it. More sophisticated version, maybe. I'm here for it. Y'all should definitely give Ashley a follow. Her Instagram handle is Ausland Interiors. A-U-S-L-A-N-D Interiors. Should we talk about this overall trend that I feel like everyone was picking up on and it was probably clandestine meant to be? Please. The the roaring 20s of it all. Art deco influence. Yeah, in we, a were, way. we were just walking around with our cigarette holders and martini glasses everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, we were definitely seeing this great Gatsby 20s moments coming into a lot of pieces that were meant to feel transitional, I think. There were barrel-shaped, you know, chairs on swivels, chairs, which is always a great piece for homes. Really cool to have the flexibility to swivel, but then the, they would channel tuft the interior cushion only around the inside of the back versus the outside too, or they would do one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, oh, that's kind of a cool way to get that extra level of detail where it almost looked like a clamshell kind of. Oh yeah. Some of those that looked like little, the sisters from little mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> they come out of the shells in the opening. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That was there. You picked up on some trends in the upholstery, like colors, patterns, fabrics. You know me, I'm always drawn and looking for color and it sort of can be hard to find on bigger pieces. But I did see that there were a lot more showrooms with bold jewel tones on a whole sofa or an accent chair paired with wood sometimes, but also Mm. some of this 20s inspired Art Deco shapes. Like a lot of really rich velvets, chenilles, and like a mustard color. And even like dark, some cute ones. dark wood stains were coming back. Oh, yeah. Not in that weird espresso way, but in like a dark walnut way. There were some tones that were dark, but not black. But it's really handsome. Yeah, you could still see tones. the woods. And then that 20s influence was also coming definitely in with lighting. Between the alabaster we talked about earlier. And the new takes on glass or crystal. What did we, what was it called? The one that we really. The glass rods. Yeah. Glass. If you guys Google glass rod sconce or glass rod lighting, you're going to see it. You're going to immediately recognize that you've seen it elsewhere. They're not fluted. Like it's not a piece of glass that was fluted to give it that shape. They're literally individual pieces of glass formed in like semicircles or wrapping around the light fixture and it was just really eye-catching really pretty hudson valley had quite a few we'll post some links and they were actually yeah individual rods so the rods could move you know i have to touch it like i'm gonna (laughs) we're in a showroom i paid thousands of dollars for this trip and everything involved to be there touching the damn fixture like (laughs) i'm the kid that needs to be taken out of the showroom he did not break anything no Fortunately, this trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of that definitely, I definitely saw some 20s stuff in the lighting, which is, I'm here for. I feel like it can be used a lot in a lot of different styles of homes. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's all about elevating pieces. Like you can have a cool, relaxed space. Then we can take up something like a light fixture and just 
add a level of polish to the whole space that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of sparkle never hurt anybody. Overall, there were some things we walked away with from market that I think start to sink in now that we have come in with some different perspectives. One of them for me was I really wanted to make sure that we hit some outdoor showrooms because I'm constantly talking to clients who are asking about outdoor. And aside from retail sources, I really didn't have any options for them. Mm -hmm. And you and I both spent some time in the Sunset West showroom and they distribute here out of Southern California. And I just felt really so much more confident because they had a couple different styles depending on where a client leans more traditional or mid-century or contemporary or they had some pieces that could bridge those gaps and for me i'm thinking this is a way to make money clients already want my help with this why should i just keep handing it to west elm or crate and barrel or restoration hardware i should be making something off of this oh well, yeah especially being in california where we have so much outdoor Patio Everybody time. wants it. Oh my god! Yeah, no, the I learned a lot there too. They that showroom in particular, I think they skew more contemporary and modern, mm-hmm. which I obviously really like. And we did look at other showrooms that had outdoor lines. So I have pictures from other vendors who are, had a lot of indoor, but they're starting to create more outdoor, and that's exciting for me because I need more options for occasional stools or outdoor coffee tables. How do you see yourself incorporating outdoor? Are you going to promote that you're doing that or sell it? Like, cause clients don't tend to come to us for that. I have, for me, I have a lot of inquiries and it might just be where we're at in time because in the last four months, being that we went through second round of lockdown, a lot of people have been saying, I have this space. I have this space. I'm thinking about outdoor When I'm talking about the rooms as I'm assessing needs with clients, I have to make sure to add in outdoor living space as one of those questions to ask about. It's not just living room, dining room, kitchen. It's tell me about what you need for your outdoor spaces and making that really intentionally part of that conversation. Even if they have plans for landscaping or this or that or the other, I don't have to design all of that, but I can get you a great outdoor living set and some wonderful pieces that can work there. So as you upgrade and make more changes and start using it more, you still have some solid pieces to use there. And I just need to incorporate that. We're talked about the inside. What about your outdoor living spaces? Just Mm -hmm. kind of assume that it's already part of the equation. Some people won't have one, but most people do. Yeah, I know it's smart. I've hesitated because I don't do landscaping. So it's like, okay, we need to take that apart. I have a good landscape designer referral, but get those furniture. Get that it's kind of like, there's still the basic elements of any outdoor space. It's like outdoor sofa, two outdoor chairs, a coffee table at least, and then throw in mm-hmm. an outdoor rug and a few occasional stools or side tables, like lighting accessories, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like we get it. It's it just a house. matter of like, <sighs> I think it's just that push of that's great. You don't have to finish landscaping the whole yard, but if we're already working together on another space, we can get you a really great piece that'll help translate that direction. And you can just keep when you do update spaces out here, you've already got a great pa- place to start. No, it's smart, especially because retail um, outdoor is only available 
really short season. Two weeks like, a year. And yeah, then it's back order. If you don't have it by April, you're, it's over. Yeah. And that's where I think we, we have to leverage clients at all seasons and say, this is part of our, this is part of outdoor culture in, in greater LA or in California. And we're not the only ones. There are all over the country. There are spaces people have enclosed patio spaces or covered patios. So they get even more seasons out of their space. I think there's room for a lot of designers if they really start paying attention to it. I feel like it's a gimme for a mm -hmm. lot of the calls I'm getting lately. It's like, well, we can't find what we want, when we want, and how we want it through outdoor retail vendors. And even though they're bringing me in to think about a different space, it doesn't mean that I can't get on these other opportunities. Yeah, I like that. I was inspired too. We spent a good amount of time on the accessory journey, just trying to pay more attention to accessories. Yes. And this is something that I've been reluctant to kind of spend time looking at at markets in the past because it's just not something that my business is set up for. Because to buy accessories from these vendors, they have, they have minimums. They're not just going to send you one little piece of chotch. You have yeah. the common minimums or of the, six or 10. Some of them were like must buy 12 because they're such small items that they don't make any money if they and don't they're probably sell packed it. a certain way. Right. Some will sell at higher points, but it's like those items are much pricier to sell you just one. Like, yeah, you can get one, but it's a really big vessel or a really large hand carved bowl. I think we're both looking for stuff that we can use for multiple projects that look good in different settings. And kind of strategize how that could work because the, these vendors are mostly set up for stores or retailers that have, you know, they like need boutiques. inventory. Yeah. yeah. But for us, I do keep an inventory of found objects and vintage and things that I've stumbled across, but there's always the need for trays. You just need a brass tray almost for every client or a little wooden tray can go in almost every single room. Totally. So how do we get strategic with what our projects need and how we can meet some of these minimums and not go to home goods or whatever? First of all, they're not going to have what you need. So you're just hunting and pecking, which is a waste of time. And right. they're going to end up costing more. I think you spend so much time and energy on it that it you actually have you've like lost your momentum on projects that way. So what you were going to make on it is now gone. And you and I talked about some different ways with, that we could work with designers that are more local to us to partner together on placing orders so we can either meet the minimum or help divide up the cost because maybe I'm not ready to buy $3,000 worth of accessories. But if I've got a few major installs coming and I want to have $1,500 worth of my cost accessories and split an order with someone else, we can divide up the items. And, you know, I'm not going to put like four of those vessels in the same client's house. So <laughs> if I split it up two and two, with the minimum to order is four, I can definitely find two projects to use them in maybe not four all in a row, though. Yeah. And then if you have more designers um, splitting up an order, then you can kind of go beyond the basics. Where right. I'm like, okay, I know I can put this little mid-tone wood tray in a bunch of rooms but it's not like it's not an every project type of accessory well it's also not like that exciting even though they're hey, the little work those, hoses 
not everyone can be the Beyonce. No, I know. Someone's got to be the Michelle. (laughs) Someone's got to be the backup vocals. Yeah. Yeah. So those are pieces that we need. And we notice a lot of dancers that no one's even really looking at. They're in the shadow back there and Mm -hmm. they still make everything better. You and I lean a lot towards the organic, textural, natural type of accessories. There are definitely the full range of, I call them like the Z gallery type of accessory. I don't even, is Z gallery still in business? I don't even know this right now. Okay. I don't go to, I haven't been to a mall and I, I can't tell you how long, even before COVID. So I don't even know, but I feel like those like chromed, highly reflective type of Mm generic stager type of accessories do show up in a lot of places. And I mean that in the most judgy way possible. They don't feel special to me. They don't feel well, but like are... unique, but some people will want those and they go in their style. And of stagers home or... will want them. Like, like there's yeah. a need but for you and a lot I of won't. different things. And there's a whole range of like the very traditional stuff to there's vendors at market selling giant clocks and live laugh love accessories so if that's your jam please unsubscribe from the podcast (laughs) (laughs) live just live laugh and love it just live laugh love y'all i mean so that's the nice part about live laugh leap (laughs) copyright (laughs) copyright put that on a t-shirt for the hotties live laugh leave Oh my god. <laughs> How come I never have thought of that before? This is the genius of impromptu everything <laughs> here. We are an unscripted reality show. Live, laugh, leave. Check our so, merch shop for the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if um that's I think what I'm trying to say <laughs> about market to bring me back is there is the full range of what you're looking for. We just chose vendors. There's that a lid for liked. every pot. Like I just like have to just there's a lid yeah. for every pot out there. You can find it at market if you're looking for it. So if you hear us talking about this and go, oh, it's so unique to what they do for design or whatever. Yeah, of course. But the reason why we're encouraging this and talking about market is I don't think you can truly understand everything that's out there and available and the price points and the profit that can be built into them until you go. So I think we both recognize it's a big expense. Yes, we spent money on a hotel for several days. We paid for our food. We had drinks. We we lived it up. We're a little bougie. Y'all, you know bougie that about us. Bitches. Boozy and bougie at in Vegas. <laughs> so... <laughs> We had a good time and we enjoyed it. I look at it as a business expense. It's an investment. We had a good time. Plenty of designers shared rooms so they could control the expense. Plenty of designers took the shuttles to save money on taxis or cabs or walked a lot. But I think the investment is to- like save some money from one of your projects and plan market. Yeah, especially Vegas, I feel like is a great entry level market. Because it's you could hit totally, it in two days, probably. Yeah, you could do you could do one night. You could come in early, especially if you're on the West Coast. Fly in early, spend all day straight in market, spend the night, spend the next day and leave. Yeah. It's a lot, but you can do it and just yeah, start expanding your knowledge of the products and the ability to sell them. 
we ran into so many people just by watching someone talk about something like we watch them look at a piece and then you go oh girl i saw that too or right something's wrong with that price point and just by like talking to each other we made a so friend many in the great, cab oh my god i think you just have to go have your extrovert battery charged i yeah. we really spent a lot of time recharging in the evenings with just us and then separate from each other to really make sure that we could hit it the next day. So I, I had fun. Totally had fun. All my complaints aside, <laughs> worth it. I am personally very excited about the opportunities in High Point, although I am a little nervous. I know. High Point seems like the big daddy for everybody. Like it's, you got used to going to Disneyland and now you're supposed to go to Walt Disney World. And so it's going to get a little crazy. Want to share a pick from Market that you really enjoyed, like a showroom you were surprised at? I'm going to share, yes, Mercana. I'd been there before. They tend to be a little more rustic and, mm -hmm. I don't know, not mm -hmm. always my style. Right. I was really loving their stools and dining chair options really reasonable price cool points and really cool and different yeah like a lot of a lot of that those kind of pieces tend to all look the same but they felt like they really stepped it up and i will be placing some orders yeah that was a surprising one i think for both of us to go in and go ooh, like out of this whole room they've set up i like that there's like one surprising piece or two pieces when you're going to start ordering from a new product line, for me, it helps to know. I feel like Mercon is not going to be accessories aren't my style, but their dining stuff really was. And some other little accent pieces like chairs and stuff were good right. too. And that's how you start developing your own like vendor list of yeah. dining tables and chairs, bar stools, Mercana, and then keep listing a couple other vendors that hit it. For me, I've seen some of their pieces before. It was Classic Home. And I I feel like I stopped in so many places and felt like I could keep ordering from, I'd order that, I would order that. I'd put that in a project, like everywhere I turned. Yeah, they definitely had a little bit more of a modern spin on some of their accent pieces where they tend to get they don't they have been just more transitional i feel like in the past mm -hmm. but they but have yeah, quite they... a few pieces that look like scandinavian or danish reproduction almost like they were sort of trying to blend in past styles with, with interesting colors we saw some of those jewel tones there yeah so there's someone that of course you guys we've thrown out like name drop we've put a bunch of people out and thrown around a bunch of different names this episode. Anything we've mentioned, we will put in the show notes so you can go to the links. Because I know that a lot of our hotties are also building their trade vendor lists and are happy to have a few more to click around on. Thank you. Thank you to our guest hotties for putting up with our microphones in their face. <laughs> Until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. 
We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. This was our first trip back to markets. Oh, mm. this was our first trip. Yeah, that's where I need to go. Is Terry printing something right now? Yeah, it's printing. Hey, I'm recording. I love it when he's home. Hey, it's just I'm my printing. dissertation. I'm recording. Just, I'm just printing a 200 page form for the DMV. <laughs> It'll be done in a sec, sweetie.